muted myself, sorry. Awesome. Thanks, Rose, <laughs> who's actually not here. Um, so, welcome to our Mother's Day panel today. We have an exciting morning and we have amazing lineup of women. So, why don't you come and join us, ladies? Come on, let's give them a hand. Come on. Oh. And you get to watch wow. us drink coffee this morning. They come bearing gifts. They do. Thanks, babe. Where did you get these from, Kelly? Marvellous cafe just in the foyer. That's amazing. That's incredible. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, for those of you who don't know these lovely ladies up here today, I'm going to introduce them. We have Kelly Wishart, who is the mother of 13-year-old Jackson and 11-and-a-half-year-old Aaliyah. So Kelly is representing the teenage segment for this morning and I get to share that with her a little bit. Um, and we've got Amber Johnson, who is the mother of gorgeous Aubrey, who is, she's four, yeah? Almost four, who we've seen wandering around the stage trying to get my attention. <laughs> and we have Glennis Osborne, who represents our... A mother of adults. So, Glennis, now I have to read this because there's a lot happening here. Glennis is the mother of Todd and Michelle who are in their 50s. She also has seven grandchildren and two step-grandchildren. And she has three great-grandchildren who range between the age of two to ten. So, Glennis, that's awesome. You don't look old enough at all. Do you agree? Absolutely not. So thank you ladies so much for joining us this morning. We're really excited to hear from you. Now, as I said, we've got the different generations represented on stage this morning and we're going to hear a little bit from each of them about, you know, some of their wisdom, some of their story, whatever it is that they want to share with us. So we're, we're super excited about that. But today we're going to explore the importance of prayer and the role that it plays in motherhood. So that is kind of the topic that we are reaching for this morning. But I know that these women are going to bring an amazing amount of wisdom and we're really excited to have you with us this morning. So thank you, ladies. Come on, let's welcome again. Nice and loud. And everybody online, give them a hand as well. As That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, I don't know whether uh, you pray more when you have younger children or you pray more when you have teenagers. There's a few nodding heads there. Or you pray more uh, to try and get them out of the house at the end of all that teenage season. But no, um, absolutely My not. kids are never leaving us. But um, <laughs> You will live with us forever. <laughs> That's actually not that healthy, hun. But uh, <laughs> um, it's true; it's not. Healthy. <laughs> but it's um, it's it's just so exciting to be here uh, today, and uh, and uh, you know, throughout all of um, our our lives, I remember as a little kid, I was I was and still am, mind you, the youngest of uh, another two siblings. So there's three of us all together, and. I remember um, Gary and Sandra, or Sandra and Gary in that order, uh, would, um, would get up early on a Saturday morning while mum and dad were still in bed or on Mother's Day or something like that, and I'd hear them tinkering around in the kitchen. And as they were tinkering around in the kitchen, I'd get up and they were making us very special breakfast 
for uh, both mum and dad at that point, but you know, especially mum on Mother's Day and. And, uh, and I remember some very special breakfasts that were made uh, that might have soggy cold toast by the time it comes around and a cold cup of tea. And my first question to, to our panel, and, and this, this will be for anybody to answer, what is the, either the best meal that somebody else has cooked for you or what has been the worst meal? <laughs> That somebody has uh, cooked for you. Who'd like to go first? Go, Cal. Oh, me. I'd love to go first. I I've got a best, and actually, it's happening tonight. Ooh. My husband cooks a mean. Um, what's it called, Jack? Pork belly. Yes, and he gets the crackle. And the potatoes, just right. So, and that's what we're having tonight. So, my husband does a mean pork belly. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, sorry, it's not a funny story, but no, no, it's a great story. We're all coming to your place <laughs> no, tonight. No, that's no. the truth of it. <laughs> um, I hope it's a big pig. So, yeah. <laughs> Best worst meals. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Can't remember. It was so long ago. Fair enough. <laughs> Aubrey makes very good Play-Doh pizza. Play-Doh oh, pizza. Do you eat worse? it? Fair enough. Yeah. It might you not eat be. It? Just pretend. Oh, good. <laughs> Just pretend eating. You can eat Play-Doh, can't you? No. Not advised. Let's not encourage that online, shall we? Like We've had some pretty funny food mishaps. Oh, oh tell me about that. So there was one instance where the sauce bottle, the tomato sauce bottle was a bit empty and you know how you do the the flick yeah <laughs> so my enthusiastic son did the flick but he clipped the edge of the bench and sauce not only got all over the bench and the floor got on the roof which at my house the roof is 5.2 meters high that's pretty impressive got into the lounge room through the hole in the wall everywhere tomato sauce everywhere that would have been fun to clean up was the police called because that might look like a scene teenagers <laughs> are amazing <laughs> unbelievable I, oh. I have to just talk about my favorite food because being italian food is our thing right and my most I, I probably don't have a worst but my most favorite is mother's day father's day easter christmas at my mum's because mum doesn't just do one thing it's like a spread of a million way too much and then i have dinner for the next two nights <laughs> it's great it's the best it's thanks mum national leftover day. day that's the thing yeah, mum's actually right. not here because she's cooking <laughs> for today so <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mum. Cook us a meal, thanks. <laughs> so um, we're, we're, we're going to knuckle down into uh, a, a bit more heavier question now. Is that uh, well? It's not really heavy. I think um, I know as a dad, um, there are moments uh, about you know beautiful moments about being a father. What I want to ask all the mums here today is, what uh, do you enjoy most about being a mother? And grandmother, and great grandmother, great great. He no. Careful, just great. Just, just, great. just. I'm not that old. Well, no, that's right. So, so Amber, what do you enjoy most about being a mother? Uh, all the things. Um, look, 
Aubrey's a very happy kid and she comes out with some of the funniest stuff. Like this morning we were doing her hair and I think I dropped the hair tie or something and she goes, Mum, what are we going to do with you? And I said, I don't know, what are we going to do? And she goes, oh, I might just have to chuck you out. Oh. <laughs> all right then. And she just, she's just all the time. So funny. It's amazing. Have to chuck you out. Well, we yeah. certainly won't chuck you out, but uh, the little statements that they come out with. What about you, Glennis? What do you enjoy? What was the, the, what, what what, was the question? What do you <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm listening to the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you enjoy most about being a mother or grandmother and great-grandmother? Great um, I don't see a lot of my family because we're in two different stuff. Well, we're in Victoria and, and New South Wales. But the whole thing that I like is watching everybody learn something. I, watched, wow. I love to see them grow and I wow. love to see them take on board what they've been told because you know how many times we tell everybody <laughs> so many times that we are so sick of it and then one day they get it and that is the best part of being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> we could just end it there and just go, oh. <laughs> And they and start saying things that you used oh, to say? I do. Yes, that. yes. <gasps> when they start saying something, they might be 40 but they do, before they do it. But when they do, you are just ecstatic. You think, oh, at last. <laughs> but the look on your face, it's not like, it's not like I told you so. It's just no, that... It's just, yeah, they've got it. They it. <laughs> that wise nod. Did you just say I have to wait till they're 40? Um, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Maybe. That means, Kelly, that you and I have only just got it. Oh. <laughs> Is that true, Mum? <laughs> Kel, what do you love most about being a mum? I, I too like it when they take on board what I say. No. Um, I, I love... I love um, being able to please them. I love like when it's their birthday and you can create a, a party or give them a present. I, I love going out and having fun with them. But I, I love, you know, you have this baby and you think, who are you going to be? Wow. And I guess we're on this journey because my children are 11, 13, that I'm starting to see them discover who they are wow. and, and like what do they like and how they're the same as me but different from me. And, and I, I love the unfolding of who they are. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. And who who are they? They're pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> They're very great. I'm very proud of them. I'm I'm going to direct this to this beautiful mother here. What do you enjoy most about being a mother? Um, I agree with what Kelly's saying, but I just love, like, I love all ages. But I'm really loving their their ages now. They're the same, thirteen, and Josh is nearly eleven. Oh, Charlotte's nearly fourteen. Um, and just. The older they get, like, it's different. It's a different relationship. Like, my kids are like my little besties. And Shyla and I love to shop and the boys love to do boy things. And I just love, as they're getting older, just how the relationship changes and hoping that they want to hear what we have to say. Like, and, you know, I think sometimes they roll their eyes a little bit, but I do think maybe some of it sinks in a little bit. Um, but, look, I just love being a mum. I love it, – it's weird to look at them and think we created them and, you know, they're just little mini versions of us. But I want them absolutely to be their own person and um, I want them to – like it, not enforcing the things that we want on them but watching them grow into who they are and seeing what their loves and their passions are and, 
Yeah, I love it. I, I love being a mum. Yeah. 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 It's much easier now than when they're... Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it's different, you know. And as they get older, it gets more different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. How different does it get there, Glennis? Can you? Mm, how ex- long have you got for me to talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever look at uh, your kids and just start to imagine before they had grandchildren, before they had children of their own, um, did you ever look at them and then see their grandchildren and go, yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought that would come through you? Like when you looked at that grandchild, did you go, hmm, that's like, I didn't imagine one as beautiful as that. All, like, all the good stuff came from me. All the good stuff of came from you, of course. <laughs> Fantastic. Amber, what do you love most about being a mum? Did, did you go okay. first? No, but I've got a new question for you, Amber. Go, you can, Anna. You can, you can start it. us off. So we're going to get a little bit more serious. <laughs> did you grow up in a family where prayer was important? And if not, or if so, how has that Im- impacted you? Can I say yes and no? Sure. Yeah. You can like, say whatever you want. Um, well, my when my parents were married, we went to church as kids. I remember going to Sunday school and all of that sort of stuff with grandma and grandpa. And it was very like a very important thing back then. And then uh, mum and dad separated and... I sort of stepped away from the church for a while and I grew up doing lots of terrible things and just going to high school with normal kids and prayer and church really took a, a back foot. You know, I still went to youth group but it wasn't, wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm going for Jesus. It's like, oh, I just want to not be at home tonight. Um, but it, it's now that I'm rebuilding a relationship with my dad and all of that sort of thing, it's really given me perspective and, and an understanding of why it was such an important foundation as kids mm, um, and why it is now so important for me to put that into Aubrey's life. Lennox? Did you grow Again, I listened to I the answers <laughs> and I That's okay. the question. Really, so this isn't looking good, is it? If you can remember it? back to when you <laughs> were growing right. up, <laughs> when you were growing up, did, was, was prayer a big thing in your family? No, and definitely ha- not. Okay. No, not at all. So I can't relate to any of that. Okay. So I went to Sunday school at five um, and I'd always go... And, the, and then my mother went... Oh, it's not that my mother... Um, it's not that my family weren't... Conscious of church and God, but they didn't go to church. But when I went to Sunday school, my mother went to church. And then we went to church in the morning and I went to Sunday school in the afternoon. And then we went to Sunday church at night. And I I was the one that wanted to go. So mum would go. So God was in it, but um, it was just quite amazing. And I did that till I was about 13. Mm. Okay. So prayer in the home, though, what do you think the yeah. absence of prayer did for you? Oh, did, what was the effect The issue of that? at home wasn't good anyway, but mm. um, I don't know. I don't know whether mum prayed. I did say somebody's prayed or I wouldn't be here, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. put it that way. Um, so I don't really, I don't know personally what she felt. Um, I don't know that she was God-focused, but, um, and it was when she was 16, she found a church that water-baptised. And she said, why did God take wait so long for me? Wow. Mm. 
So, um, and that was another issue with me finding about that church first. And God used me as, again, as activist for my mother. Wow. So yeah. I don't know. God works in very mysterious ways. <laughs> that he does. All now, I'm going to come back to you in a minute because I want to ask you this now, but it kind of follows on to our next question. But okay. before we get there, I want to hear what Kelly has to say about that. Did you grow up in a, in a family where prayer was important and how has that impacted you? I grew up in a, a church-going family, so I remember going to church from a very young age. I remember having mum and dad holding Bible studies and all at our home. I don't have clear memories of us sitting down and praying together, um, but I certainly was given... My parents gave me a um, an understanding and the reality of church and Christ and God in my life. So um, I don't I don't recall times where we sat down and really prayed together outside of big crisis. I do remember one or two things where we prayed, um, but yeah. But for, and for me now, um, I guess I also don't sit down with my children a lot and pray with them. Sometimes yes. Sometimes we might say, well, let's quickly pray about that, you know. But um, for me, I I really value prayer um i more think of it as a constant conversation with god I, yeah. I i love that part of my relationship with god that when say my teenage son starts to go out and explore the community by himself that i can say lord just be with him go before him um keep him safe you know i i find a lot of comfort in and i feel very held by god and by the ability to have constant conversation with him mm. um and just you know, like, Lord, what do I do? Um, yeah. And, yeah, I feel very I feel, I feel very held by my conversational relationship with God. Yeah, I love mm. that. I agree with that because I think that sometimes people think that they need to have this sit-down session of, of praying with God, but it is that. And I'm, I'm very much like that. I love to just talk to God all day. And it's like where Jesus in the Bible, when the disciples come to him and say, you know, we can't, you know, we're praying for this guy with the demon in him. It's not coming out. And Jesus says, well, this only comes out with prayer and fasting. And it's, I guess I'm, I'm aligning it with the fact that with Jesus, he didn't need to stop in that moment and spend time to talk to God about it because he had that, that conversational relationship where he was talking to God all the time. He was God. Um, and so when something came up in their life they could just go okay god i'm giving this to you i love that i love that cal thank you i'm going to come back to glennis now i know what i love about glennis is you are a praying woman of god and you're an inspiration to me and i'm sure many others and i i know that that prayer is important in your life um how does prayer and having hope how has it helped you and still helping you as a mother? Well, without it, I wouldn't be here. Without it, with, none of us would be here, I don't think. That is what you hang on to at all times, when things are really bad and when things are good. Yeah. So I, the church I used to go to was rather legalistic and it was like, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to pray at a certain time. Um, I've come out of that and God has given me the freshness that I can just walk around the house and talk to him. Um, and it's not a matter of I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I haven't or I haven't done it and then feel guilty. I don't feel like any of those things. But the thing is, you're praying all the time because you're talking to him, you're with him and he's looking after you. The time is when it's really 
desperate and it doesn't seem an answer. You know full well at the last minute he'll just come to the aid and it will be fixed. Yeah. And so you have that knowledge, you have that um, hope. You have a hope all the time that God's just going to fix it. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed, it'll be fixed. Absolutely. And it might not look like what you think and more than likely it will never look like what you think. Um, it will be fixed and it will work out to the good even though you can't see that either. Mm. You can walk rather blindly through all this because mm. you, you, uh, a lot of people think that they pray and therefore they get the instant answer the way they want. Um, you can pray or not pray, God's in it. Right. And the answer will come the way he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, but you have hope. There's the hope. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's okay. good. That's really good. Thank you, Glennis. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Up, that was great. Amber, do you have anything you'd like to say in that? Oh, like I'm mostly in the agreement of what this mm. lovely lady next to me has just said because you do. You see it time and time again. You'll pray for something and then it won't happen when you expect it to and it won't happen how you want it to and you go, God, why is this not happening? Why are you not fixing this? Why are you not giving me my outcomes? And then it, you'll just get it because he's that good and it, yeah. all the time. And, you know, like there are just some things at a, as a, a human you can't fix. And that's when you need to lean into God and you need to lean into the promises that he gives us. Yeah. And that's where your hope is. So you don't necessarily need to sit there and go into spiritual warfare and pray super hard. You just need to go, well, I can't fix it, so can you? <laughs> and it's just like that's all you have to do. Like super important. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Amber. Kelly, would you like to contribute anything or ask the question again? Just yes. so I know that the answer I'm thinking of is in line with the question. How does prayer and having hope help your role as a mother? Yeah. I think it's funny sometimes that we talk about prayer as a separate thing because when we talk about our relationships, we don't talk about the fact that we talk to each other. <laughs> Just, do you know what I mean? And But yet we've given talking to God this label that is prayer. And I understand why we need to conceptualise it, but it's not a separate thing for me. So prayer is such a... So prayer to me is co my conversation with God. And sometimes I can sit down and have a very intentional conversation and sometimes I'm just in constant conversation and listening and receiving, you know, it's that two-way. And I guess the way they're linked for me is because I... When, the more you talk to God and listen for his answer, the more you recognise God in your life, yeah? And so I, I have a, a good relationship with God. I recognise when he speaks to me and that's where the hope comes from because when I, like for example, um, I remember one really powerful moment of prayer for me and it's not because it went well, um, between Jackson and I had I had this picture in my head of what I wanted my motherhood journey to look like, right? I wanted two children, I wanted a boy and a girl, and I would have liked them to be a year and a half apart, okay? And I know, right? Because we can plan these things, guys. No, no, you can't. But, but between Jackson and Aaliyah, I did have another pregnancy. And, um, and it would have resulted in a child that was 18 months apart, right? And... I had a day where there were symptoms of the pregnancy not going well and I remember Sam rushing me to the hospital and praying, God, help, help me, I, I want this baby, yeah? And 
what I clearly heard, what I clearly heard was, I am God and I am good all the time. And that wasn't relative to what happened from that circumstance, yeah? God is good all the time. And it was when I clearly heard his voice, it sunk straight into my spirit. And I knew that no matter what happened in that occasion, God would hold me and he would be good. And I had the deep hope that I would be okay. And we did lose that pregnancy and it was a big deal. But... I had God to hold me through that. I have a great husband who also had God to hold me. I have a good community that God held me through all of these things. And so for me, prayer and hope are linked, not because you have a channel where you get what you want. Mm. Like Glennis was saying, the answer doesn't come or the event doesn't resolve the way you want, but because we know that through everything we are held by God. And that's where my hope comes from. No matter what I face, no matter what happens, no matter what I get or lose, God will hold me and get me through. And as a mother, he will hold my children and get my children through. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you for Absolute being so gold. vulnerable. Happens. Yeah. Before and can I just say, I, and I remember I was part of that journey with you and I remember being in the hospital with you um, and we had people either side. And even in the midst of what Kelly was walking through, she could absolutely uh, look. Sometimes when we're facing something, we can either look at what isn't happening or we can look at what is happening. And I remember we could hear what was happening either side. And there was a lady next to us, I think, that was there having her fifth miscarriage or something. And you said, oh, you know, I, I've got Jackson and you looked for the positive in that and you were just an inspiration, I think, at the time because, you know, in that moment you can just be caught up in what you're going through and absolutely, rightly so, um, but you were able to go, I can still see what God has brought into my life and... But know. I think that came from that very powerful moment when God mm. said, I'm, I'm good all the time. Yep. You know, like that was right at the start of that journey. And mm. that, that strength that I was able to walk in came from God holding me and saying, yep. and, and that was because in my moment of need, I spoke to God and he spoke yep. back to me. Absolutely. Thanks, Kelly. It's such a statement of faith, like um, in I'm good all the time, even though right now the circumstances don't appear to be good. And, uh, and that's what having faith, I mean, is, isn't it? It's that hope... Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and uh, the absence of things yet yet seen. And so that's what the scripture t tells us about faith. And uh, as a journey, I can't talk from a mother's point of view. I can talk, speak from a son's point of view. I can speak from a father's point of view. But having that position of faith, even amongst the bad news, even amongst the dire circumstance or situation that we might be facing is just a great story of courage. Um, this, this, might, this is. I'm just going off our questions just for a minute. Um, but Amber, you've received some great news this week, uh, of which may be a testimony for another day. Um, but uh, you've received great news this week. But several months ago, you received some not very great news. What did the role of prayer uh, play in that journey? Now. I have not, we have not prepared for this question, so 
I'm stalling right now is the reason why I'm continuing to talk while I give Amber a moment to think about it. But but what did the role of prayer, your, perhaps your initial response, and a snippet of the backstory, perhaps? Um, so last August, I went to see my doctors because I had low iron and I was really tired and I started to get nosebleeds and I felt just really crap. Sorry, excuse my language. I'm on camera. We're oh, pretty yeah. real here. Um, uh, I found out I had a, a tumour on my kidney. Um, it was fairly large in size, probably about this big. Um, and they told me it was stage two and, you know, they were going to give me surgery, they were going to take my kidney and all of these terrible things. And it was very, very stressful because um, I went to the doctors, I found out, and then I had to get straight in the car and drive to Echuca to go and get my child. So I actually didn't have a moment to breathe and catch up and go, this is happening to me. Um, very thankful that I have a loving family that are very supportive. Um, they prayed with me before I got in the car and then I rang my church family on the way who I'm sure were all praying straight away. So I've had an incredible amount of prayer and amount of support behind me this whole way. Um, I started treatment probably around September, they said I'd have four weeks of treatment and then I would have um, surgery and they'd probably take my kidney. Thankfully, they didn't. They only took a tiny little bit, so I still have one in 90% of the kidney, roughly. Um, and then they went, well, you'll have probably six months more of chemo and then a little bit of radiation and you've got a long journey to go. And then we got the pathology results back probably about a week after my surgery was finished and they said, look, you actually only need another four weeks of treatment because you responded so well. And I think the amount of prayer that has come from everyone around me, but also the times when I've been in the hospital and I've just gone, God, do something, <laughs> take it away now, like, you know, and then I was expecting, you know, instant results because that's what you hear, like, you know, God's going to mm -hmm. take away my cancer, he's going to do it right now because I have the faith and because I believe in him and I'm doing all the right things. But instead, he gave me four more weeks rather than six more months. And I can stand on the fact that God comes through time and time again. Yeah. yeah. Well, Does that, that answer a, your question? Yeah, totally. Really? Yeah, come on. <laughs> and this week you found out that you are cancer-free. Yeah, cancer-free. Um, so good. <laughs> Uh, probably like the first time in my life that I've actually had uh, normal levels of iron. Um, I've always been really, really low, so amazing. Yeah, yeah wow. awesome. Best I've ever felt. Isn't God good? Come on, like, let's really, Jesus, thank you so much. So good. And, and I mean, it's amazing these places in a, in a nation with such an amazing group of doctors and uh, medical staff and, uh, and hospitals as well. Um, but how often is, I think we can all agree that how often is prayer, often those moments of, God, you've got to do something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like if you're driving down the road and, uh, and you know, there's, an, there's a pending accident in front, it's like it's sometimes it's Jesus. And in that moment, um, God is faithful. In that moment, when we turn to him, he always turns to us. When we turn our eyes towards him. I was talking with somebody just um, a couple of weeks ago that, uh, you know, I'm not sure where they're at with their relationship with God and I'm not sure really where they're at in their journey with the Lord, but they were facing some um, 
some, you know, some situations that they were really, really anxious and very, very nervous about. And just off their own bat, they came, they came to me and, and they said, you know what, Matthew, I'd, I turned to God and I just prayed, Lord, I need you to be in this situation. You know, I've, I've never heard them talk about the situation. I've never heard them talk about the fact that they put their faith in God. But for this particular circumstance, they did place their faith in God. And you know what their response was? They said, and you know what? Everything has worked out. And that was their end result, that they had placed their faith in God and their end result was everything has worked out. And we know that the Bible says all things work together for good for those who love him. And it's that moment, that love recognition. I love what Kelly said that, you know, it's like, it's like you know, Anna and I, uh, you know, spend time in conversation together, but I have faith in our relationship. We need our faith in the rela- our relationship with the Lord. We need to put our hope and our faith in that place. Awesome. We have one more question to end today. And I'm just going to throw, throw it out to whoever wants to answer it. What is the most important lesson that you have learned about parenting thus far? Mm, just one. Well, <laughs> oh, look, you can give us a couple. Go for it. You can only answer if you're 40, though, right? Is that, that's the <laughs> oh, sorry, Amber. <laughs> I've, got answer, I've got to answer that one. Patience. Yeah. Patience, because I'm the age I am, you learn patience. Because you've not got it when you're younger. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. I agree because I'm going to say what I, I reckon one of the biggest things is learning to mellow. Like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a neat freak. I'm a little bit like things a bit perfect. And when the kids were little, Matt would be like, you need to let the kids live in this house. Like pack the toys up the end of the day, you know. So now it's just like whatever. Look, I'm you not going to lie. Moments, they they, you know, they know my expectations now so they just kind of go with it. The teacher's talking. You know, you know, those, you know those moments where you, where you get the glass out of the cupboard and you put it on the bench and then you go to the fridge to get the drink out and you come back and you... I'm not that bad. I'm sure I got that glass out. I'm, That's my will. If you're watching, Mum, I blame you because she's worse. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> no. We don't blame anyone. No, no I'm just kidding. Yeah. Most important lessons. I think um, being a mum has taught me, I don't know what the right word for it is, maybe to dig deep. You know, like no. I remember the first experience of being sick and still having to parent. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so unfair. <laughs> It's Mums like, are not allowed to get sick, is until it? Until like, that moment, I'd been, like, if I got sick, you could just, like, be like, I'm not coming to work, I'm not doing the housework, I'm just watching the TV. No, not with children. No. Um, so, you know, the, so I guess to be able to, yeah, I don't know, like, not panic, stop, I don't feel like I've got a lot to give right now, but I still have to give. Um, let's dig deep and I in that moment I'm really grateful for God (laughs) because you know like I think that God brings things along to us that that help you know Mm. but yeah to dig deep maybe resilience I don't know but Mm. yeah yeah and it's scary being a mum sometimes like yep yeah, it's it's when you've got a baby, it's scary when that baby is sick. When you've got teenagers, it's scary when they start to go 
out and explore the community. I'm sure one day I'll be terrified when they start driving. And I'm sure, I mean... As I'm, we all will be. I don't know <laughs> yet, but I, I've been thinking about this recently when my children are adults and have got their family. I'm sure I'll worry about can they afford their mortgage? Are they, are they how is their job? You know, I don't think... I think there could be a lot of fear in motherhood if there wasn't for the hope that I have in God to hold my situation. Yeah. 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 So can I, I feel like I feel like there's this when you look through, looking through glass that's perfectly clean, you know the glass is there, or you might touch it and you might bang your head on it or something like that or a bird flies into it. But you know when you're looking through glass that's perfectly clean, you know that it's there, but you're actually looking beyond it. How, how I know this is very creative here, and I'm 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 thinking as I talk, um, but that hope. How do you tangibly have that hope that counteracts that fear? This is. Uh, can we just go to and try and go to a new like level a deep here? Question. I know it's a deep question, but it's like it's one thing just to say, I'm anxious about this, or I'm facing this situation, uh, but I have hope, and therefore. The fear is less. How do you continue to mould that hope? How do you continue to hold on to that hope? And this is for anybody to to answer. How do you actually, like we've just been through, the world is going through this COVID season, we understand, and, and Australia is faring incredibly well, praise the Lord. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, the results in India, and I think yesterday it was over 600,000 new cases in one day, you know. Um, uh, it's just I I enormous, you know, and uh, the world needs a hope, and that hope is Jesus. But but how how do you how do we tangibly apply that hope to counteract the very reality that sometimes we are actually afraid? How do we do that? Is it, can anybody can jump in? That? Yeah, Glennis. Prayer. <laughs> Back to prayer again. Yeah. Because if you pray, you've got something to hope on, you someone to lean on. So you're not there on your own. You literally are not on your own. And the prayer is what locks you in. It locks you into knowing that you're not on your own. Because you're not talking fresh air, you're talking to someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for me, because I've been a widow for a long time, I, the thing I, w I will say, the thing that I miss the most is someone to talk to and talk things out with. Right now, we've all got God to talk to, but you also need humans to talk to. Yes. So when you, when I, I suppose that, I suppose I can say that's where maybe I lean more on God because I'm on, I am on my own. I'm a widow. I don't have someone to chat with, and I don't have all the answers. So I sort of just throw it out there and say, "How does this work?" You know, and and it changes. We're talking about different ages. We're talking about, you know, young people and children, us looking after them different ages. It all changes. It's never... It, it's not just one thing and it stays like that for the rest of your life. All of our life, our life changes. Mm. Our children grow up. We're concerned about different things. Mm. All the time we're concerned. When they start to drive, you know, you want to hear that car come in the drive. Yeah. You know, and you may go to bed but you'll wake up you'll wake up just as a car comes in the drive. Because there's something in a mother that is so locked into her family that you can't, you can't take it away. My son used to have convulsions, um, temperature convulsions, and it was instant. I'd have to take action or he'd take a convulsion. So he took about three or four of those, but I probably stopped about eight. 
Um, and it's just a temperature convulsion. His temperature will go too high and he can't, his body can't handle it and he'll be in a convulsion. I'm a very dark, deep sleeper. I never hear anything. A herd of elephants would come through my house and I would not wake up. But one particular time I woke just like that at the slightest sound of him in another room. That's never happened before and it stopped that convulsion. So that's the bottom line is prayer. Prayer for everything. It locks you into who gives you the hope to hang on. So we've, we've, we've talked about prayer being conversation. Can each of you perhaps just spend two seconds describing how do you pray? Is there, do, you, do you lock yourself away in your cupboard? Is it driving whilst, whilst driving? Driving whilst driving? Um, walking? Anywhere. Anywhere. I do not lock myself away. I do not get down on my knees and pray for half an hour. I don't do any of that. I, I told you I came from a, a, a legalistic church. You know, so God's removed me literally out of legalistic. Yeah. And so it's freedom. So it can be depends on circumstances. Yeah. Um, like the other day when I got the phone call for Rosalie with the accident, mm. before she'd even hung up, I'm talking in tongues. And that, that was, in, I didn't choose to do that. It was just came up. So that's what I, th- I would think. God gives you the reason to pray. He gives you the words to pray. Yeah. He gives you the time to pray. You just have to be available. Yeah. Maybe it's too simple, but it's what I think it is. It's simple. Yeah. I'd like faith, it's isn't it? Yeah. I actually asked Aubrey this question the other day. I said, how do you think mums should pray? And she said, alone, in their bedrooms, because that's what mums do. I was like, well, <laughs> I kind of get it, because we pray in our bedroom at night time before she goes to bed. So good on you, kiddo, um, picking it up. <laughs> um, but I... It really depends, I guess, for me, what I'm praying for. Um, a lot of the time I'll pray in the car. Like I'll just kind of put my worship music on and drive in a Heath kit. So I'm like, great, I've got like a good hour and a half in the car where I can just pray about all the things that I want to pray about. It, sometimes it really is just a couple of moments where you go, God, I can't do it. I need you to do it. And that's all you have to do because that's all you can do. Um And sometimes it's, you know, I need to be grateful for all of the things that I have. So you pray about being grateful and you pray with a heart of thanks rather than a heart of asking. Um, So, yeah, for for me it really depends. And it's – I'm a little more structured, I think, in the way I pray. I don't sort of – it's not while I'm walking around just, you know, like that. I like sort of – I try to dedicate a little bit of time. But I also have a prayer board. And it's covered in all my scriptures and the things that I'm asking God for. So as I walk to my bed at night time, it'll just catch my eye. Or there's like, oh, there's that one. And that's what we're going to you know, focus on for this minute. So there's just constant reminders around me that God is there. And sometimes that's all you need. Wow. Prayer board. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't have a prayer board, but that's cool. <laughs> um, I just... Pray like I'll be driving down the street, and I don't know. I might see an accident. I'll just say, "Oh Lord, help them," you know, or or I might feel anxiety or something rise up in me, and and I'll just say, "Lord, I feel really anxious about this." Like, and you know, what do I do? And I, my yeah, my prayers maybe just very simple. <laughs> I'm pretty simple. Um, I just talk to God, you know, whenever I need to. But I mean, there are times where something's 
going on that's really concerning or, you know, that you really do need breakthrough. And, and I will – I'm not great at, like, blocking out chunks of time in my calendar, but, you know, if I'm standing at the sink doing the dishes or if I'm driving somewhere or even if I'm walking around the, the corner – like, the, the grocery store, I'll, I can really, you know, pray to God, you know, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on, Lord, I, I know that you're good – um, help us see breakthrough, lead me in what you want me to do. Like, yeah, just, just chatting, just chatting. Fantastic. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I could uh, continue in this conversation and start to dig and mine some of these truths uh, all day. But Sam has pork belly to cook. And, he does. Um, and Kelly needs to eat it. So um, we want to wish you all a very happy Mother's Day. For some people, Mother's Day is a happy time and uh, we need to recognise that sometimes it can be, you know, uh, a reminder of uh, things that you don't like to uh, focus on. But, um, you know, right here, right now, um, our prayer for you is that you would be able to you would be able to place your faith in Jesus. That you would be able to come to that place and come to that moment. That you may not be ready just to you know throw your you know, throw your all into uh, this belief in Jesus Christ uh, thing. But the truth, and I could be speaking to somebody online who's watching online as well. The truth is this: the truth is. <clears throat> that whenever a circumstance arises and you might turn to the Lord about that specific circumstance, you may not completely give your all, but you might have a circumstance where you go, where you go God, if you're real, God, if you want to be present in this, God, uh, I just invite you into this area or this moment, or sometimes it is, God, help me. Those three words, God help me. I want to challenge you is that what you will find is that God will come through. It may not come through in the way that you think, in the way that you will see it straight away, but, you know, give it time and uh, he will come through in exactly the way that uh, you need and exactly the, the way that will be for your benefit. And, uh, and that's what these five people here have are an example. I love what Glenna said in, in terms of, well, without prayer, without hope in Jesus, we wouldn't be here. And so many times, I, you know, we can all have stories, and I'm sure you have stories worth sharing as well, that uh, times of where the Lord has saved you, the Lord has kept you, <coughs> a near accident or a terrible accident of where you are still sitting here today. It might have saved you from a relationship that you almost went into. There's lots of different circumstances of where God has directed your life and certainly saved you. And so I want to encourage you that you would continue to place increasing levels of faith in Jesus. But if you're early, if, if this is, you know, a, an early part of your journey, that you may even privately just say, Lord, you know, I'm not just I'm just not sure about all of this. Um, you might be early in that stage where you just might go, well, look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you into this area of my life, God. If you're real, I'm gonna let you into this area. 
and and see what he does because there's five stories here and there's stories all around the room and there's stories online of where God has turned up of where God has turned lives around of where God has been and is and continues to be faithful in every single single circumstance we've got cancer free we've got you know anxiety and fear that have that have been a very real uh, area and issue and a, and a healing and healing of loss and we've got glennis here sitting in great wisdom and uh, anna who has to deal with this lug here there is hope <laughs> yeah there's hope okay there, there is hope and, um, and uh, when you place your hope and your faith in Jesus, he is absolutely faithful. Amen. Can I add to that, Amen. Matthew, just one thing? Please. I, just, I yeah. feel that I think God wants to remind somebody here or maybe a few people here that, that we talk about Father God but we don't often talk about Mother God. And fatherhood is an expression that's come from God's character but so is motherhood and if you're really missing your mum today for whatever reason maybe mum wasn't who you wanted her to be or maybe she's not around you can draw that from from God as well because motherhood is an expression of God God the father we don't talk about God the mother but but motherhood came from God and and the Bible talks about um, God pulling people to their bosom his bosom you know that's a that's a motherly you know so there is an, a mothering expression of god that if you're missing that today you can draw that from god that's awesome thanks can i Gail. just say one thing yes what kelly just said then reminded me of something i had during this conversation this is mother's day and mothers are very important but fathers are very important too and i know fathers do have a father's day as well but i just want to say fathers are very important we are honouring women today, but never forget the importance of a father. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot of fathers out there, there who play a, very much a mother role if the mother is absent and absolutely, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. I've got a million and one things that I could lead off on that, <laughs> I'd, but we won't. How are you going? Good? Has this been valuable to you? I really hope and I pray. Yeah, come on. Well, during this service, um, we always have a team of uh, dedicated people praying and, uh, and uh, we will often ask, ask God, is, is, there, is there something specific? Obviously, um, as we've shared today and as this amazing group of mums have uh, have um, shared today you know i really hope that you've been able to mine some diamonds and some gold out of what has been shared and what's been talked about um, at the same time we've got a would have got a team of people praying about you know really asking god god what would you say what would you say to somebody specific today and uh, pastor julie has just sent uh, sent through to me that there's a there's a couple of things that um, we feel that God would want to say to it might be one person it might be several people here today um, and uh, and um, it, it, it is simply this that someone is here today who feels that God has overlooked you God has you feel as though God has overlooked you and the truth is that he hasn't God is saying that my eyes are on you my protection is over you and that he loves you un
conditionally, unconditionally. God doesn't place conditions upon his love for you. And uh, it is completely and totally unconditional. There's also somebody um, who feels that God has judged you, could be the same person. God has judged you as a mother. Um, So um, uh, God is saying that he understands every circumstance and that he is here, here to heal that place this morning and so you know i think all of us can uh, agree that we've you know we can identify with some of these things specifically but if that's you i'm not going to ask you to stick your hand up or anything like that but what i am going to ask right now is that uh, even if you're watching online this might be you also um that uh, we're just going to take this moment to pray and then we're going to uh, we're going to end the service, uh, and uh, and we're going to continue to celebrate Mother's Day. But we're going to take this moment to pray, and just invite God into this situation. Some, if, it, if that's you, God, God feel, who feels that God has judged you as a mother, and that He is saying that He understands every circumstance, and that He is here to heal you. And somebody who feels that God has overlooked you, God is saying that His eyes are on you. And his protection is over you and he loves you unconditionally. The, th- the, the thing that I also want to highlight there is that um, you may not be in that place of putting your entire faith and hope in Jesus Christ, but you may be able to find that place, a certain area of your life where you go, you know, God, I've tried everything. I'm, I'm going to give you a shot. And uh, you might be that person here. We're going to pray and we're going to stand just together and believe for that right now. So can I ask you to stand up on your feet right now? And even if you're watching online, um, I just invite you to stand as well. And, uh, and we're just going to stand in faith and we're going to pray together. Is that cool? Awesome. So, Father, Lord, right now, we just uh, thank you for your presence here today. And we thank you for the way in which you've spoken to us through different people's stories, circumstances and circumstances, Lord. And so, Lord, right now, we invite you into our life and into our circumstances. Right now, God, that uh, whatever and whichever area that we feel that we are lost in, Lord, that we've, we just quite haven't got quite got it, Lord. We, we want to give the appearance that everything is together. We want to give the appearance that everything's all good. But, Lord, there's this, there's this quiet, still voice uh, that says that we can still choose you. God, this, this morning, we choose you. Jesus, we invite you into those places, those areas and that circumstance, Lord. Lord, that we have tried everything, but now, Lord, we, we just give that circumstance to you. Lord, we give that fear and that anxiety. Lord, we give that area of where an unknown future, God. We give that over to you right now. And, and Lord, right now, we just place our hope and our future in you, in Jesus' name. Lord, um, to that person who has felt that God has overlooked, Lord, right now, that that we agree that God, that uh, you have your eyes looking to in our direction, in that person's direction, and uh, that your protection is over and your unconditional love is for that person. Lord, in areas where we've felt judged and and, uh, wrongly judged by you, uh, Lord, your word says that you are a, a righteous judge and, Lord, that you do not hold because of the work of the cross and what Jesus has done. You don't hold those things against us. And so, Lord, right now, 
that uh, you are saying that uh, you understand every circumstance and Lord that you are here to heal those areas right now in this moment Lord Jesus we just look to you we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your supply for those who are watching online God Lord we invite your presence just to be upon each and every single person in those rooms God on that train Lord, in this moment, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to have your way. That sometimes, Jesus, you are that quiet, still voice. That moment of saying, yeah, choose me. Choose me, because I chose you. Choose me, because I choose you. Jesus, right now, we just thank you for your presence and that peace that surpasses all understanding in this place now, Lord. Just in this moment, with every eye closed and every head bowed, you might be that person that just says, yeah, I've never invited God into that area of my life. You want to just indicate to me that that was you? That area that I'm just going to open up. I've never invited Jesus into that moment. I've never invited God into that area of fear. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much. That your love is for us. You're not against us. And so, Lord, here today we say that we are, we are for you. And Lord, we thank you that you've brought us together this morning. And we thank you that your desire is for us to grow, to live life and live life to its fullest, God. And Jesus, we thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen and Amen. Hey, if that's you and you've, you've really just prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time of where you've just gone, Jesus, I just need you in this situation or I just need you in this circumstance. Can you tell somebody this morning, just grab somebody and say, hey, I prayed to Jesus for the first time or I invited Jesus into this area of my life for the first time. Just grab somebody and uh, say, say, hey, that was me. And, uh, and because it's really important to walk with others as we go through this. Amen. Praise God. Well, we want to say goodbye to everybody who is uh, online. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, thanks for allowing us into where you are at. And we pray that uh, you've really been able to mine some gold out of some of the stories that have been shared today. To everybody else here, we'd invite you to grab a coffee and uh, remember to grab somebody and just uh, tell them just a good news story of what's going on in your life and in your world. And don't the guys in white shirts and black ties look smart this morning? They've been serving us so incredibly well. Thank you. Well, um, if you're a lady here today and you haven't received a